Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I've been walking with the Lord for many, many years. That sounds bad, but it's the truth. (laughs) I've been walking with the Lord for many years. And some of you in here, you've been walking with the Lord for many years. Some of you, not so long. And then some of you are in the middle. You know, but it doesn't matter where we are. We can always have a fresh relationship with the Lord. Now, when I was, I guess, probably about, 21 or 2, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was a Christian, but I got filled with the Spirit. And at that point in time, I was so full of the Lord. I was so enthusiastic. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, today, now I have to say, I've grown a whole lot. I hope I'm more seasoned than I was at that time. I have more wisdom than I did at that time. You know, but I'm not dry. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't get tired sometimes. I'm not talking about physically, you understand. And and you don't maybe even sometimes have to fight off weariness. You know, all of that, those, those things come. But I have not lost my zeal for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, I want you to experience that too. Some of you do. But some of you, maybe not so much. Maybe it's a lot of ups and downs and that kind of thing. But God wants to put you in a steady place with Him, a steady place. And then He wants to take you upward. He wants to take you upward where there can be growth and increase of just walking in His Spirit and walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All those things are available for the day, today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. You young people, I want to see you walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want God to give you a word of knowledge and a word of discernment and um, you know, word of wisdom. Uh, have miracle working power in you. I, I want to see that. Not that it would just be people that are my age. I want to walk in that and I'm hungry for that and I won't give it up, you know. But you push on into that as a young person because God can do some remarkable things. I just want to share this. I feel like I'm supposed to do this tonight. But when I was about 19 years old, um, I had um, I had been saved since I was 13 years old. And I had a real struggle with salvation because I kept thinking there was more I had to do. I had to do some work, you know. Surely it couldn't be as easy as what, you know, it is. You know, in Romans, the Roman road, you know, you call upon the name of the Lord and repent of your sins, you know, that kind of thing. But anyway, I, I worked my way through all of that, me and the Lord and Him helping me and uh, and the people that love me helping me. And so I found myself at 19 years old. I was, you know, I love the Lord. I would read my Bible and I would go sin read my Bible and go, is anybody relate to that? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. People over here, but now I know these people over here, they don't know it. But anyway, 
So I found myself in that position, but I still had that heart tug toward God. I still had it, and I would read my Bible, and I believe all of that kept me connected in my relationship with the Lord. And so at 19 years old, I can remember going to a Billy Graham crusade that was here in Knoxville. And when I went, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I was expecting anything. But he stood up and preached just a marvelous message. And then he gave an invitation that night. And I don't know about you, but the times that God deals with my heart like that, and it's still that way today in a different way, obviously. It's not salvation. But I mean, it's, a, it's, it's really deep down. And I mean, God was pulling me. He was pulling me to come down to that altar that night. And so I did. I took a step and I went to that altar. And when I did, God did a marvelous work that night in me. And I wasn't up and down and in and out and all of that. And I, and it, it was probably just a few weeks after that in my den, I, I bowed down before the Lord and I said, God, I'm sold out to you. And I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm just an ordinary person. I don't have anything special. You know, there's nothing like that. But I think because I just said, God, will you use my life and I surrender it to you. And I want to tell you, young people, everybody, but especially the young people that are in this room tonight, if you will do that, God will take you on a marvelous journey. And He will keep you filled with His Spirit. He will equip you and He will use you in extraordinary ways. You see, God takes pleasure in taking ordinary people and doing extraordinary things. I decided with my life, being ordinary as I was, I was going to make my life count for Jesus. Now what that meant, I didn't know. I didn't know what it would look like. You know, I never knew I would be in ministry. I never knew that. But I can remember my dad, and y'all, if you've listened to me very much, you know I love my dad so much, and he was such a great role model in loving the Lord and demonstrating that into my life. You know, he, he did that, and, and it was really evident to me that he, he loved the Lord. And so... I can remember telling him, I, I said, Dad, there's got to be, and I think at that time I was 15, and I said, God, there's got to, or Dad, there's got to be more to being a Christian than what I know and what I've experienced. And I remember that troubled look that was upon his face, and he knew, I guess, God was dealing with me about things. But I can remember having those talks with my dad, and one time he said to me, he said, you know, I, I know I'm not going to live to be 50 years old. Now, that's what he said. He died at 48. Now, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, was going on between him and the Lord or circumstances. I don't know any of that. But he said, I won't live to be 50 years old. But he said, when I go, your brother is going to take my place in ministry. And I knew, I knew, you know, it was prophetic. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, I believe that, you know. Of course, it wasn't my brother. It was me. And my dad would have never seen that as being me. He would have never seen that. 
But I'm telling you a lot of these things tonight, and I'm speaking, I know, for everyone here, but I am really speaking for young people that are in this room tonight. Because you can take that step over the line of mediocrity and you can do something for the Lord. It may not be ministry, but it may be. I'm talking about full time, but all of us are ministers, you know that. All of us are ministers, right? We all are, not fivefold, but, and what I mean by fivefold, pastor, you know, prophet, evangelist, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so I told you that. Now I've got to go into this, okay? I'm just going to exhort you a few minutes on prayer, enthusiasm, and zeal. And they're tied together. Prayer, enthusiasm, and zeal are tied together, okay? And again, you may not, you know, it, you, the kind of zeal and enthusiasm in your life after you've served the Lord for a while may not be the same as it was in the beginning. But I'm going to tell you what some people call seasoning and maturity is nothing but dead dry. It's nothing but being dead and dry. And there's nothing worse as far as I'm concerned that could happen to a Christian that we just shrivel up and, you know, we know all these wonderful, beautiful truths, but we're not really walking in them. We're not really experiencing them, and we're not helping other people to. But that can all change, and it can be different. Zechariah 10.1, it says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. When is the latter rain? That's the time when God is pouring out His Spirit uh, in the earth. Do you know that we're in a time where God is pouring out His Spirit in the earth? You see, we look around and we see so much wickedness and evil and uh, just horrible things, you know, that are going on. And, and so we don't consider that this is a time of the outpouring. But I want to tell you, like in in uh, some countries like China and other, they're ex, uh, experiencing an explosion. People are coming into the kingdom uh, rapidly, and I mean it's a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. And so, in the time of the latter rain, He said, "Ask for the rain." What is the rain symbolic? It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit being rained out, down and rained upon and rained within our hearts. And he said, ask for it. And this word ask means to desire and to ask earnestly, not frivolously, not because that's our routine in prayer. Yeah, we're in spirit-filled church, so let's pray for the rain. No, he said, ask earnestly and desire it. And you could say crave. You could say that. Have you ever, you know, just really craved something to eat? You know, you, you just think, wow, it would be good. You know, I not too long ago, I wanted some fried okra. And I, I mean, I was just craving that. And some of you don't even know what that is, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> if you're from the South, you know. If you're a transplant, maybe not. <laughs> okay, so ask and desire, crave of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, so that the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. Not, not a desert, not a place that is void of, of uh, green, lush grass, but where there's grass. 
And where there's grass, the sheep can be fed. Where there's grass, there is a refreshing. There's a coolness that can be there rather than the desert and the dry, dusty earth. Amen. So it's important to remember that, that we need to ask God for the rain. And we're, we're going to do that tonight. We're going to do that together. We're going to pray together and ask God to do that. I want you to take your Bible and, and turn to Romans 12. Will you do that? Romans 12 and verse number 10 through 12. It says, Be kindly affectioned one toward the other. Wow, that's something, isn't it? You know, some people are just on the point of snarling and snapping all the time. That's not God. Got to, you know, and if you were raised that way, you got to change that. You know, if you got in a routine of that with your spouse, you got to change that. How did I get on that? Be kindly affectioned one toward the other with brotherly love. See, this is not the kind of love that the world understands. You know, when I teach on marriage, the kind of love the world knows, lust, rust, and dust. That's the kind of love that the world knows. But the kind of love that God has is a benevolent love. It doesn't give up. It never wears out. And so that's the way we are to treat one another. And it says, with honor, preferring one another. That word preferring means esteeming. With honor, esteeming one another. Well, I'm climbing up that ladder and I'm stepping on every hand that I can to get to the top. Well, that is really good. That's really honoring and esteeming your brother. No, it isn't, is it? But you esteem your brothers and sisters in the Lord and give them uh, preferential treatment. It says, not slothful in business. Wow, there's something. I don't have time to get in that, but it says fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Be fervent in spirit. That, that's talking about an energy, a zeal, if you will. Now, I went to some other translations and looked that up. Let's look at that in the Message Bible, Romans uh, 12 and verse number 11. Can we do that in the Message Bible? Be good friends who uh, practice playing the fiddle. That's not the right one. Let's go to the next one. Next one. Don't burn out. Huh. Now what about that? You can be a Christian, you can serve the Lord, and you can burn out. We hear about that all the time, don't we? Burn out. People that burn out. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to burn out. You can burn on. Okay? Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Now, that's important. You have to keep yourself fueled and aflame. Okay, there's things that you have to do to do that. I don't have a lot of time here tonight to talk about that, but you got to stay in the Word. That's where your fuel comes from in your life. And, and I know how it is. Sometimes you get uh, tired and, uh, and, and all of that, you know, and you put that off and you put it, you know, maybe you read your Bible once a week or something like that. No, you got to be fueled with the Word of God. Put it back up, if you will. And then it says a flame. That's a fire that's going on in your life. 
And, and I think the Amplified Bible says, be aglow with the Spirit. Let's look over there just at that same scripture right there out of the Amplified Bible. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. You see, whether you've been serving the Lord for one day, one week, one year, 50 years, it doesn't matter. That scripture right there, never lag in your zeal and the earnest endeavor of going after the Lord. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit as you are serving God. We don't have to lose our fervor. We don't have to lose our fire. And if we have, we can get that back. Is We don't have bad news to tell you here that God's going to get you for that. Because God's not going to, He's not going to get you. You're going to open the door to the devil, but God's not going to get you. But you can slam that door shut and then you can start walking afresh and anew, aglow with the Spirit, burning with the Spirit, never lagging in zeal. What a promise. You don't have to lag in zeal. Well, I've just lost my fire. Well, then it's time to get it back. And I don't know any better night than what about tonight? What about that? Okay. All right. Uh, let's flip over real quickly to Acts uh, chapter 4, verse number 23. i got to hurry. I, just, I try to just bring some things to uh, get us stirred in the area of prayer, and I don't, you know, I'm not really trying to preach a message necessarily. 4.23. This is talking about um, God's people, the early church, and uh, his people were speaking up in the name of Jesus. They were proclaiming the gospel. They were being beaten. Uh, they were being persecuted. Things were going on, but they still were aglow with the Spirit. It didn't matter. That was not going to stop them. In verse number 23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them, how that they had threatened them. Now see, it's so important that believers have their own company. That's what Redemption Church is. It's a company. And you know, some of you, you may be visiting here tonight and you've got a church that you go to. That's your own company. And it's where you connect. It's where God feeds you. It's where you fit into the body. And these people, when they were facing those difficulties and that persecution, they went to their own company. And when they got together, it's a beautiful thing that happened. The Bible said that they all in unison, they lifted up their voice in praying unto the Lord. You know, I believe that many times and most of the time really when we're praying if you're going to get in agreement with somebody you got to listen don't you but evidently these people they knew this persecution was on they knew how that they were trying to stop the gospel of jesus christ and the bible says all at one time they began to lift up their voice to the lord and there's something powerful when that happens and they're all asking in their own way for certain things to happen and when we pray that way it is a powerful thing I uh, remember years ago, I was in a church, 
And God was moving mightily. And there was revival on in that church. I've never seen anything like it before, before or since. I have never been involved in anything like it. But God was just moving um, tremendously. And I remember that we there was a group of us. I don't know. There might have been 15 people or something like that. And we decided that we were going to get together and we were going to have a prayer meeting. Of course, the pastor knew it and he was okay with that. And so we went downstairs into the church basement and we found a little room that was there. And it wasn't very big. It was very small, actually. And we got in that room and we all joined hands and we experienced a lift up your voice moment. And I'm telling you, when we did, and you know, you hear about people, now you may think this sounds wrong, but I want you to hear me. Um, you hear about people talking about levitating. Well, yeah, yeah, the devil can counterfeit some things. Honest to God, when we started praying like that, calling out to the Lord, crying out to Him, it was like we were all being lifted up. It was like we were being lifted up. I've never experienced anything like that in prayer before. And it's when people come together in unity and harmony and hunger and a desire and a zeal and an enthusiasm for the Lord and the things of God and the things of the Spirit that we can see some miraculous things. See, I even know that even as we come together in a room like this, and there's more than 15 people obviously here tonight, but I even know that we can get to the place to where just like in the book of Acts, that we come together when we see and understand that things are going on that God is not pleased with and we cry out and we we lift up our voice to God in this unity and in this harmony. It will be miraculous what takes place if we can push on into that place. Now, there's unity when we come together in these prayer meetings because I think people that don't want to be here, they don't come because they know what we're doing. And I understand that, you know, lots of people are, are doing other things. They're working and involved in this, that. Or, I, I understand all that, but I'm just saying that we're here tonight, and, and most of us know what we're here for, and that is we're going to pray. And so that, that can, it doesn't have to, but it can create an atmosphere where the Spirit of God can come in and do some miracles, signs, and wonders that He wants to do. Amen? But in order... For us to experience this uh, a, being aglow with the Spirit, being full of zeal and enthusiasm for God, there are two words that I want to give you tonight that you and I have to fight as a Christian. Two words. And one of them is lethargy. Now, over many years of leading prayer meetings, God has spoken to me many times about this word, lethargy and apathy. Those are the two words. I want to tell you that you must overcome apathy in your life. If you have been serving the Lord for a long time or a short time, it doesn't matter. You can be, you can be exposed to that and latch in on it. I remember years ago, God showed me a vision um, 
in a church service, actually. I wasn't really participating, but I was there. And I saw forces flying through the air, and I saw them with like canisters that they were pumping out over the, the uh, you know, just a vast amount of people. And I know what that was. It's, it's to put people to sleep. In the last days, there's going to be that effort by the enemy, and you and I have to fight that. But you don't just fight it naturally. You fight it in the Spirit. You fight it with the Word of God. You fight it with prayer. You fight it praying in tongues. You fight it by ministering to people. Remember the harvest hands we've been talking about? You fight it by doing the things that God has called us to do. But now let's look a little closer at this word apathy. It means the absence or suppression of passion. We all need to have passion for Jesus. Yeah, I've been born again for 50 years. I've been in the way for 50 years, and that's right, sister, you sure have. <laughs> it's time to get out of the way and be a part. So we must overcome this apathy or this absence or suppression of passion. It's a, an absence or suppression, listen to this, of enthusiasm and excitement. I believe if Jesus is in you, you're going to communicate that. Doesn't, I'm not talking about, you know, you got to do silly, ridiculous things. But I'm talking about that you're excited about the Lord. That you don't grow weary and tired of living for Him and serving Him and doing what He's called you to do. Then this other word, lethargy. It means disinterest, dullness, impassivity, inactivity, sleep. A state of being drowsy or dull or lazy. Now that's what lethargy means. And see, that's what I saw that day. When I saw that vision, I saw, and it, it was the demonic realm, and they were going about, you know, just multitudes of people, and the spray was going out, and it was hitting large amounts of people. And see, it's to put you to sleep. It's to dull. It's to disinterest you in the things that are important. See, one of the things I know, and I, I guess as a mother, you, you dads, you, you have different things and different ways that you deal with it. I, I can't speak from that perspective other than, you know, talking to my husband and, you know, maybe discussing some things. But from my perspective as a mother, you know, having children, small children, and having a responsibility in ministry, job, whatever you want to call it, and a home, and my spiritual life, and all those things, and how do you juggle that? How do you balance that out? How do you do that? You know, and see, if you're not careful, you can become dull and disinterested. And, you know, I've seen so many times that women have babies and God blesses them. They pray and ask God to give them a baby. And then the next thing you know, they're out of church, half there, not involved. And I know you, you have to take care of your children. You have to take care of your family. You have to take care of your house. You don't let your house get dirty. You don't want me to go there, do you? Get your feather dusters out. No. But... There's so much that goes on in our life. If we don't protect that, then 
then we end up being lethargic. We end up being apathetic and losing that cutting edge. But I don't want to do that. Do you? I mean, the enemy will try to tempt you with that. He'll try to get you to live there because it's when you live in apathy and uh, lethargy, you are living in a place where there's no power, no, no power, no ability to see God intervene and change things. Just live, live your life, be what you are, do what you do, and be dull and disinterested in the things of God. But we're going to stand against those spirits tonight. We're going to ask God for the rain, and we're going to believe it to happen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.